Welcome everybody back to the Pittsburgh Oddcast. My name is Andrew Lindbergh. I'm the producer of the program. And with me as always is the founder of Odd Pittsburgh, John Schalkowski. Well, hello everybody. Or should I say ho, 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 everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That voice you hear is none other. Joining us for a very special Christmas episode of the Pittsburgh Oddcast, the man. Well, let me describe him before anything. Uh, I'm going to look, I'm looking at you right now. So, and I see uh, rosy cheeks, right? A nose like a cherry, a big white beard. (laughs) You're very observant, John. Yes. A little belly that shakes like a bowl full of jelly. (laughs) That's right. Santa Claus himself, live in studio. I can now say I know him. That's right. We know Santa Claus. So be good, all you little boys and girls. For goodness sakes. For goodness sakes. That's right. So. Welcome to the show, Santa. Hi out there, boys and girls in Radio Land. It's good to see you folks today. It's good. Well, okay, I can't see you. You're on radio, but I love you folks anyway. It's it's so nice to visit with you. Well, thank you for coming. And uh, so, now, <laughs> let me back up a tiny bit uh, and explain kind of how we met. Um, now, you could say that we met technically in 1982 uh, when I was a little baby, oh. <laughs> but I will go into the real version of how we met oh. and... Uh, and that was kind of like a shared fascination with the history of Pittsburgh Christmas. Exactly, yeah. And um, you reached out to me actually, and to have me uh, graciously had me over at to your uh, your workshop mm-hmm. <laughs> in South Hills. Oh, yeah. And uh, and you mean uh, North Pole, don't you? That's, that's right. That's right. right. And, and we decided to kind of <laughs> go over a little that's bit. His about, off, that's his off season location. That's Sometimes right. Santa's in the South Hills. There's a portal, in fact, that he I has heard. A, the, the, the tunnels, a summer home. The tunnels, yeah, you know, act as a portal to the North Pole. I, I, I believe so. Yeah, we've solved the riddle of a uh, time and space continuum here. We can travel as much as we want wherever we want. That's right. That's right. So, um, and you shared this passion for Pittsburgh Christmas like nobody I've ever met my entire life. Oh, John, I have so many wonderful memories of growing up in Pittsburgh and experiencing Horns, Gimbals, Kaufmans, G.C. Murphys, and, and witnessing that as a child. It it stayed with me the whole rest of my life. Yeah, and, you know, and, and um, I, I think the reason you reached out to me is because I did not have those memories. I had a different set of memories. A- Andy did, too. We had, because of our age gap, you know, uh, uh, Andy and I are, you know, both born in the 1980s. Um, are kind of used to uh, the last generation to visit a Macy's or a Kaufman's and yeah. and to kind of really experience the Christmas of yore, you know, mm-hmm. and and but also experience the the Ross Park Mall Santas, <laughs> and and I had nothing wrong with that. I yeah. enjoyed going to Northway Mall and Ross Park Mall and all these. Mm-hmm. I live in the North Hills, so those those were my malls, North Hills Village, I guess. Oh, Ride yeah. the train, you know. <laughs> and they were wonderful. They were yeah. wonderful memories. They were wonderful visits. They were wonderful times too. Yeah, and they and they were, you know, and it doesn't take anything away from uh, a Christmas uh, spent without Kaufmans and Horns and Macy's. However, from what I understand, yeah. That was where it was at. <laughs> well, th- those are memories that, I mean, those days are gone and, and may never, ever come back again. That's right. You know, so my generation, you know, we're the, we were fortunate to be able to witness that and experience that. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about where you grew up, um, how you kind of came to Pittsburgh, and then also your memories as a, as, as, as a young man here in Pittsburgh and going and just the Christmas experience of going downtown and, and you know, the magic of the... Oh, the window displays right. and, and everything that goes along with it. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> well, pull up a chair, boys and girls. We're going to go through a, some story time here. Um, I was uh, I, I was born in Pittsburgh. I was raised in Lawrenceville, 
And and back then, Lawrenceville was just a, a regular middle class, working class neighborhood, not like the uh, big yuppie kingdom it is today. But mm-hmm. <laughs> houses sold that are pretty cheap. It was all row houses. I mean, I went to school in Lawrenceville, Holy Family School. And I can remember, you know, it. My, my family didn't have a lot of money. You know, we didn't have a car. You know, if we traveled, we went by streetcar. But I can distinctly remember when it got to be around Christmas time, it seemed like the whole world changed. Now, I've never been to Disney World or Disneyland or any of those places. But in Pittsburgh, that was my Disney World. That was my Disneyland. Now, in Lawrenceville, they would put up these huge stars, maybe about four or five feet across. They were they were made out of metal, and they had a ton of these light bulbs going around the outside of the, the outlining the, the stars. And they were they were yellow light bulbs. They were regular screw-in light bulbs. And I don't know how many watch these things use, probably about <laughs> 500 or so. But I can remember seeing them putting, like, the stars on, and that was the beginning of the season. And every window, I mean, even the pizza shop would have Christmas decorations and, and nativities. And there was a, a, an old hardware store that had a beautiful train set in the front window going round and round. And as kids, we would just stand in front of it and watch it over and over again. And um, <clears throat> I can remember my mom uh, getting me ready. Because back then, you had two sets of clothes. You had your, your street clothes that you played in, and then you had your other clothes, which, like, you went to school in, you went to mm-hmm. church, you know. And mm-hmm. if you went downtown, you were going to dress up a little bit, you know. You weren't wearing your, your blue jeans or your dungarees. You were going to dress up and, and take a ride downtown. So the bus, um, not the bus, the streetcar would roll up around, you know, on Butler Street, and we would get on and would travel and travel. And Having not traveled that much, because like I said, my family didn't own a car, it was so fascinating to go through different neighborhoods, you know, from Lawrenceville all the way to downtown. And we would pass through this gray area, was known as the Strip District. And there were all these trucks and delivery trucks. It wasn't like the Strip strip District is today. It was a whole different Strip District. Mm -hmm. And if you were lucky, you got to see like an actual train car, you know, or a giant boxcar, which was so much bigger than the little train since we had as kids. And we would arrive in downtown Pittsburgh and, and get off the streetcar, and I'd look around, and, oh, my God, I thought I was in a different world. Right, You yeah. know, there were lights everywhere. There were decorations in every window. There was music playing. There were, you know, the Salvation Army bands were playing on street corners. It was so incredible. And, you know, my mom had her list of chores to do, and I had to be behave myself. I had to be a good boy, and we would travel to whatever store she wanted to go to, and then, you know, whatever she needed to buy. I had to be good. And then when, when she was done with her thing, then it was time for me to, to go to Toyland, to see Santa Claus, to do all these things. And, and visiting, visiting Santa Claus, visiting the, the, the department stores, it was like a multi-act play. I mean, first you went outside and looked at the windows, which mm-hmm. were incredible. I mean, you've heard stories of the windows. You might have seen some yourself. You even have a piece of one of the windows. I one do. of the window, but, you know, the stuff that was in the windows. Yeah, I actually yeah. donated to the History Center, too. Right. It's, it's wow. an angel from Gimbel's window. Wow. Which I donated to the History Center. But you would see these. Then you would go into the first floor, and the first floor was like Grand Central Station, you know, of coffins. I mean, there was garland hanging from the ceilings. There was wreaths, music playing. I mean, everything was decked out so beautiful in Christmas, you know, Christmas glory. And then you would get to ride the escalator because you could ride the elevator if you want. But, you know, the escalator was a little more fun because you got to look at each floor and each floor would be decorated. Right. You know, whether it was kids clothing or men's clothing or whatever, they all had their Christmas thing to it. And you would go all the way up to the um, I think at that time was the ninth floor in the coffins. And it was Toyland. 
Now, Toyland took up an entire floor of the store. I mean, the whole entire you know floor. Right. It was incredibly big. And the toys went from the floor to the ceiling. They were piled up high. And, you know, back in those days, and I'm talking like late 50s, early 60s, they really didn't have that many commercials on TV for toys. So you didn't know which toy you wanted. Like, let's right. see, what do I want? So they would have these huge tables set up in, in Kaufman's Toyland. And they were about like maybe four foot by eight foot. And they had a little ledge, like a little fence going around the outside of the uh, table. And there were toys, all kinds of toys in there. And you were allowed to play with them. You could touch them. You could roll them around. You could hmm. wind them up. You could turn them on. You could turn them off. And that's how you kind of like got to find out what kind of toys you might like. And and mom would watch you like from behind, <laughs> right, like, yeah. taking mental notes of well, which toy you liked or which toy you were going for. And a lot of times if, if you saw a toy you really like, you'd, you'd put it down, you'd run over to Santa Claus and say, hey, Santa Claus, I want the, uh, you know, robot commando toy that I saw mm-hmm. just recently. You know, can I have that for Christmas, please? Uh, they had the um, the uh, checkout lines. They had checkout cash registers set up like they do today in a grocery store. I mean, there might have wow. been 10 lanes, like no waiting, <laughs> because the toys were such a big business, was such a yeah, big yeah. deal back then. You know, they had cashier after cashier after cashier, and they were constantly busy, too, but... Those are some of the wonderful things I remember about, like, shopping, going to Kaufman's. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it really is like a magical experience, you know, especially for a kid. You know, oh, going yeah. Down. Like, Andy, you, you you were telling me earlier before we were on the air about your own experience going down to what was the Horns. Yeah, I remember going yeah. to Horns and waiting in line for Santa and seeing all of the, the presents wrapped up, even though they weren't really presents. But right, right. when you're a kid, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And then you go through the little, you get to crawl through the thing, and then there's Santa there yeah. and you sit on his lap and tell him what you want mm-hmm. and you get to pick out some toys for your uh, loved ones and then they wrap them for you and wow. best wrap gifts I've ever given right. you know, yeah, and, yeah. and wow. it, it was such a, a magical time I mean I love going to see the Santa that we have at the mall mm-hmm. but being downtown oh yeah and in that horns building Oh, it's just how I like it. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I remember even the journey even the journey up, you're taking the right. escalators, like you said, mm-hmm. sir. Um, you know, you get to see everything from like a bird's eye view of mm-hmm. all yeah. of the the oh, Christmas. Yeah. I mean, I remember as a little kid, you know, my dad driving us downtown and I'm an only child, so it was like uh like Christmas was <laughs> oh, a nice. big deal, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh uh, and to this day, you know, my mom still believes, you know, in Santa. Oh, that's um, awesome. And, Everybody uh, should. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we're going to get into that, actually. Oh, yeah. um, but the, uh, I mean, I remember just, just the experience of just driving around downtown, you know, not get, even getting out of the car, just like peeking through the windows, slowly mm-hmm. cruising around, you know. It was a different world. Yeah, it really was, you know. And, and it's, it's a shame that, that that really kind of has been lost. I mean, it's not necessarily lost. I mean, because you still have Market Square. You still yeah. have a lot that they are trying to do. There, there's new memories replacing right. some of the old memories. Right. And it's well, see, the thing, thing is yeah. that these memories that these the, the, the children today have right. will be just as genuine yeah, exactly. as the ones that I we mean, have. Yeah, like it's my kids different. are going to remember going to the you know the, the ice skating ring. They're going to remember going to see you, you know, yeah. at Market Square because uh, you are the Santa, by the way, <laughs> at Market Square. <laughs> so it's the um, – it's interesting to see, like, so you're, you're, I remember you telling me about this, um, some kind of like early advertisements that you would see, and and uh, and some characters on TV even or oh, or, 
Well, on, on KDKA, well, Josie Carey. Now, a lot of people remember Josie Carey. You know, mm-hmm. she was with Fred Rogers. That. Yep. Well, before she was with Fred Rogers, her sidekick was Mr. Wrinkle. And it was a, a local radio actor, uh, Sterling Yates. In fact, he worked a lot on KDKA radio, and he worked with the uh, Reach Cordic show. And he would be Josie Car- Carey's sidekick you know, before Mr. Rogers. And he dressed up as a little bit like Harpo Marx. He wore a big, long lab coat, and he had a blonde, curly wig. Sometimes he wore a top hat. Sometimes he didn't. But his character was kind of like a nutty inventor, professor kind of guy. You know, <laughs> he was always coming up with, with ideas and schemes. And Josie Carey had a, uh, a show on back in late 50s, early 60s called Funsville. And it was on KDKA TV in the mornings. Hmm. And a lot of times we would watch it in the mornings. Well, um, they, they discovered well, – well, back then, uh, back then the news wasn't that big a deal. They had the news on at 6 p.m. The news was only 15 minutes. It was from 6 until a quarter after 6. And they did the news exactly the way they did it on the radio. They mm-hmm. would just read the news. Here you go. There was no pictures. There was no, no nothing else. So they were looking for a way to fill that 15-minute time slot from 6.15 until 6.30. So they came up with the idea of, of Mr. Wrinkle in his own show. And I think the show was just called Santa Claus or Mr. Wrinkle. I don't remember the exact name of the show. But it was the same Mr. Wrinkle from the Josie Carey show from Funsville. And he had his own show. And he would be in his laboratory. And he had this starship. It was a, a spaceship in the shape of a star. And he could ride on this starship. And it would fly, you know, above the sky, whatever. He would travel all the way to the North Pole. And it would land on Santa Claus's roof, and he'd come down Santa Claus's chimney. <laughs> now, after well, he got out of the chimney, you know, he would be all dusty and sooty, and Santa yeah. Claus would holler at him and say, you better clean that up, Mr. Wrinkle. Well, Santa Claus was played by Ed Chauncey, who wow, was another wow. famous radio yeah. guy mm-hmm. uh, on KDKA Radio. And uh, it was sponsored by Horns. And a lot of times there would be toys from Horns on the set. <laughs> and it was like a little mini-series, like a... Like a mini drama almost, like a soap opera for kids. Because mm-hmm. Mr. Wrinkle, Santa Claus would need Mr. Wrinkle to help him. Like maybe one of the reindeer were lost or, or something, the letters weren't arriving to the North Pole. And, and he needed Mr. Wrinkle's help. So the whole series, which went from, uh, I think, the day after Thanksgiving up until Christmas Eve, wow. would be this little 15-minute serial mm-hmm. you know, with a cliffhanger at the end. And you, you, kids would tune in and watch it. And, and Mr. Wrinkle became a popular character, especially with horns. Um, there's a, um, a video out. I'm not sure if you guys have seen it, but it's on YouTube. Hmm. It's called A Visit to Santa. Okay, you could see Mr. Wrinkle for about a couple of seconds. Really? He's in, in that? The, okay. In the video, there's a scene where um, they used to have a parade of boats for mm-hmm. horns, you know, to to bring Santa Claus to Horn's store. And uh, you have to be, like, really good with the pause button. But you could pause it, and you'll see Mr. Wrinkle. You could see Ed Chauncey as Santa Claus. You could even see Josie Carey. And there wow. were a few other characters on the show, too. And uh, they would all get in the back of this limo and ride up the horns. And horns was really big back then for, for Mr. Wrinkle mm-hmm. and, and his show. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember that so well. It, it played every year for a couple of years uh, until the year that Kennedy got shot. Wow. Hmm. And uh, when Kennedy got shot, like, everything stopped because it was around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the news became a bigger deal back then. They expanded news shows to half an hour and an hour, and there was a lot of national news. And so a lot of the kids' shows that we used to see around Christmas time got pushed aside because of Kennedy and the, uh, uh, you know, the, the shooting of Oswald. It was, yeah, yeah. It, it was, well, it's funny that you mentioned that because mm-hmm. I re- I, when you said 
the news just used to be 15 minutes long. Yeah. I was thinking about that, and then my first instinct was Walter Cronkite going basically around the clock, yeah. which was probably unprecedented at the time. Yeah. But growing up now, or, you know, now, we don't. that doesn't seem unprecedented. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it probably was. Yeah. yeah. And now that you say that's what basically got rid of those kids' programs was... But yeah. I mean, how, how cool that it was like a Pittsburgh centric, you know, show though. Like I mean, a, we, a we grew up with like the California raisins you know? <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. But so it's uh, uh, or Mickey's Christmas Carol was big for in my house, you know. Yeah. But the uh, but to have something so unique and so local to Pittsburgh, which I'm sure some people listening probably remember. I mean, it's a um, yeah. If they're if, about my age, you'll remember. In fact, if you do have any kind of memorabilia or photos, send them my way. Uh, well, I'll absolutely. share them with Santa. Well, for you're sure. a few thousand yeah. years old, so Yo, you've seen yeah. it all. Oh, of course, I've seen it all. Of course, I've of seen course. it all, Andy. So now, um, I remember you telling me about some kind of rocket ship or something like this. Like, w- w- what do you mean by that? <laughs> Horns had the coolest thing. I remember this so well. I was a kid. Well, back in the late '50s and early '60s. Rockets were a big thing. Yeah, you know, John Glenn had, had circled the or orbited the Earth, and um, you know, everybody was into the rocket age and the Jetsons and the the upcoming space age that was coming. And oh boy, we're going to be on a, going to the moon pretty soon. And after yeah. that, Mars. And after that, <laughs> right. And uh, you know, my mom would take me to the first floor horns, and which was beautiful, of course. You know, you went through rows and rows, but they had these two elevators that were decorated like rockets. I mean, on the outside of the elevator, they had the fins, they had the, the markings of rockets. And when they opened the doors and you went in as a kid, there were dials, there were buttons, there were switches, there were lights, like much like your, your control board there, Andy. <laughs> All kind of things hanging on the wall. And kids were allowed to touch them. You know, you were yeah. helping to fly that rocket ship, you know. Yeah. And the ele- they had elevator operators back then. The elevator operator, dressed as an astronaut, had a full astronaut costume. Wow. And... Um, so they would load the kids up on this special express elevator. And I think sometimes the moms and dads went to or else they had to take a different elevator. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't remember what. And they would close the door and you would hear the countdown on a little speaker inside the elevator. Nice. You know, 10, 9, 8. And we're flipping buttons and we're turning dials and we're mm-hmm. pushing switches because, you know, we want this rocket to fly. And then when they got to the zero, they, you could feel the elevator start to take up. You know, it was going up and up and up and real slow and slow, and it was so exciting. And then it reached the seventh floor at Horns, and the doors opened, and there was Toyland, and there was Santa Claus, and it was like kid heaven. Oh, yep. and those memories are just so incredibly burned in my brain. You know, oh, yeah. it, it was just so wonderful. It was the coolest thing back then. Oh, for sure. I, I feel like it was a little bit probably different in the mid to late 80s, but still the same mm-hmm. feeling that I had. Yeah. Going to horns, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. That, I mean, that Christmas feeling is really, you know, it's it's not unique to us. I mean, if you look back in Pittsburgh history, you know, they they've been trying, they not trying, but doing it, you know, for a very very long time. I mean, there's a story about uh, one of my favorite stories, Christmas stories, is about Pittsburgh's Jewish Santa. Oh, have you ever heard that story? Yeah, about Jacob you- Gusky. <laughs> I, you know, back in my memory, I, I do believe so, John. But why don't you tell it again? Because yeah, I'd love uh, to hear it. Jacob Gusky was a uh, was a Jewish uh, man who owned Gusky's Department Store. This was a popular department store in Pittsburgh, early turn of the century. Pittsburgh. Was it downtown? Or? Downtown, yeah, downtown Ooh, Pittsburgh, okay. and uh, was a competitor for Rosenbaums and and many of the other different uh, Frank and Cedar, <laughs> exactly Frank and Cedar, all these ones that are gone, you know, yeah. today. But um, he had enough money, and I was an orphan himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, decided that on Christmas he would literally load up um, a sleigh with pulled by eight to ten horses. 
Wow. And would fly through the city mm-hmm. covered with and filled with toys and go to every orphanage in Pittsburgh and deliver toys uh, from his department store for free. Wow. Um, in the name of Christmas. Mm-hmm. A, a Jewish man. Yeah. You know, um, and and uh, really because of the, the orphanage, you know, just how they didn't want to be left out. But it had nothing to do with religion. It had nothing to do with, it had to do with, the, the you know, the meaning of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, they, you know, that story always kind of stuck with me and like yeah. how Christmas is, now you, yes, you could say that it's a religious holiday. I mean, of course, the yeah. origins of it, you know, come from that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, what Christmas really means is uh, is much more than that. Oh, yeah. It's and, a holiday to celebra- celebrate giving. Yeah, yeah. So before we get into the meaning of Christmas, because mm-hmm. that's what I think we'll definitely leave on that note, I, I do want to talk about, um, so I, I guess you could say that if you looked at me in the mirror, you know, uh, I look like a Santa in transition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Santa <laughs> in training. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. John, when your boys get to be teenagers, that beard's going to go <laughs> stark white. A, a, couple, then, a couple whites. Yeah, yeah. you've got a couple and, strands of white yeah, in there already. But, but yeah. when they're, they're teenagers and they're driving your car, it's, <laughs> it's going to be so white, it's going to be ridiculous. Exactly. So how did you uh, go into the, the, the world of being a Santa Claus? Oh, well, John, I have a long history with Kaufman's department store. Now, my grandfather was a carpenter at Kaufman's. Oh, wow. And uh, it was a long time ago. He actually um, he got to work on Falling Water. Wow. Because yeah. Falling Water was a home for the yeah, Edgar Kaufman yeah, 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 exactly. family. Right. And at one point during construction, he took all his carpenters, put them on a train, sent them down, down south, and... Um, I guess he charged it up to the store, hmm. but my grandfather remembers doing the interior of, of falling water, like wow. working on because you know store carpenters were like fancy carpenters. You know they built right, cabinets, right. they whatever you know was needed back then. It wasn't bought; it was built. Right. So I have that history. There's a picture off the off the to you of my grandfather as an adult, as a carpenter, sitting on Santa Claus's lap. Wow. Yeah. And the story behind that is there was something that happened on the set that he had to repair or he had to fix real quick. And so he thought it'd be fun if he just sat on Santa's lap, and they, mm-hmm. they took his picture. But he's wearing his carpenter overalls. Uh, he has a, a tie on. He has a, a shirt with a with a tie on because back then you had to look your best. Yeah. You know, when you were out on Coffin's floor, you had to look sharp. And he had like like a newsboy hat on. Wow. Yeah. And he's holding a hammer in his hand, and there's Santa Claus like <laughs> right. wondering what the heck's going on here. But um, so so later in life, in my ooh, late teens, early twenties, I got a job as a stock boy at Coffin's. Hmm. And I got to – I was in the receiving department. So so the thing is, like, when it got to be around Christmas time, which which in a department store started around August because <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. material would come in, goods would come in. You had to get it ready. You had to put it in the stock room. But I helped to stock Toyland, and I helped to stock, you know, the, the children's very own gift shop and, and all these cool things. So I got to witness, like, the building of Christmas and mm-hmm. then decorating the store because, you know, as, a, as adults – you know, you walk into Kaufman's, it's already decorated. But I got to see behind the scenes when they were decorating it. Can mm-hmm. I ask you a quick question? Of Sure. So everybody complains about how early people get ready for Christmas now. And you said that the supplies came in in August. Yeah. When would they go out on the floor? Oh, would they boy. be after Thanksgiving? Or no, what? no. I can, uh, I'd say, like, Toyland officially opened the day after Veterans Day. Wow. Okay. It, okay. Although it wasn't heavily uh, promoted until 
Santa Claus never used to arrive until the day after Thanksgiving. That was like yeah, yeah. that was written in stone. You know, they right, they right. had a big parade downtown, and each department store had their own parade back then. Horns had their own parade, Coffins had their own parade, Gimbals had a small parade, and and Santa Claus did not arrive until the day after Thanksgiving. Hmm. But I worked as a stock boy, and then I left that job. I became a carpenter, and then I worked as a carpenter for Coffin's department store, just like my grandfather did. And I would help to build Santa Land. It would put together the, the you know the the sets and the, the the you know the things that I also helped you know, put in the parquet floor on the sixth floor. So wow. I got to actually work and build Santa Claus. So a few years later, you know, I left and came back and. Um, you know, I always loved Christmas. I always loved playing Santa. And I thought, well, my kids, you know, they're going to see Santa Claus. So I, I bought a cheap Santa Claus suit. Actually, my mom bought it for me. She found it at a thrift store somewhere and wow. said, here, you know, right. you have some fun with this. So I would dress up for Santa Claus for my kids when they were little. And then you know, after a few years, you know, they would outgrow it. So I'd do it for nieces and nephews, you know. And then when I outgrew it, I, I did it for neighbors, you know, whoever, whoever needed Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Then, I put a suit, then I put the suit away for a while. And then a friend of the family was opening up a flower shop, and they said, we're going to have a, uh, like a Christmas open house. Do you think you can dust off that old Santa suit of yours and, and come and, and, you know, hang around the store and, and greet people? And I think it would look good for the open house. And, I, of course, I said, sure. So um, back then, um, there was a show on TV called Survivors, you know. It was, right, right. And I would watch these guys, and in 39 days, they could grow a pretty decent beard. <laughs> so I thought, well, why go with a fake beard this time? I'll grow, let my beard grow out and see how it is. And I would get some stage makeup and paint it white. And I, it was such a nice event. It was such a nice thing to have all these kids coming up to me. You know, it brought back great memories of my kids being little. And you know, all the memories of going to see Santa and going downtown all came back to me. And I thought, oh, man, this is, this is what I meant to do. This is what I have to do. Right. So uh, one thing led to another, and then the following year, I also worked for the city of Pittsburgh for Public Works. I'm a carpenter and a locksmith, and they were having the mayor's tree lighting. Oh, I think it was 2000, maybe it was 2007. Yeah, 2007. And I said, hey, would you like to have Santa Claus show up for your tree lighting? I went to the parks department, and they said, yeah, sure. You know, they got permission from my boss, and so I would dress as Santa, and I would be present there at the, at the tree lighting for the – it was the first event of uh, the light-up night back then. It was the very first thing they did was pull the switch, and then, um, then the other events happened later on in the evening. But they always did the tree lighting at noon. So I was there, and I was hanging out and talking to some people from the parks department and posing for pictures for, for kids and stuff like that. And uh, a woman came up to me, and she said, hey, you know, you're a pretty good-looking Santa Claus. And I said, well, thank you. <laughs> Uh, and, and she said, you know, uh, you'd be really good to be in our parade. You think you might be interested? And I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, maybe it's Greenfield or Craft uh, in one of those nice little parades. And I said, oh, sure, I'd love to do your parade. What, which, which parade is it? And she said, it's the Celebrated Seasons Parade. And I, 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 I pretty much fell backwards and I almost right, fainted right. dead away. <laughs> like, oh, my God. You know, the biggest parade in town. And it was just when Coffins was just turning into Macy's. Mm-hmm. And they were looking to spruce things up a bit. And so they wanted like a Santa with a real beard to, to be in the parade because, you know, Macy's in, in New York City, they had a lot of real bearded Santa Clauses and they didn't like the fake beards that they were providing. With the, they came with the cheap Santa suits. So I got to be in a parade and then I got hired to be a Macy's Santa too. Wow. And I had several great, fantastic years at, at Macy's slash Kaufman's and, you know, some great memories there too. But uh it, it kind of brought the whole thing to full circle. Yeah. I mean, and that, and you continue that to this day with being the Santa for the Market Square, like we mentioned, and then 
uh, for the parade, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is still going I'm on. I'm still there in a parade, you know, yeah. years and years later. I'm I'm still their main Santa Claus in a parade. But, um, you know, Macy's, um, well, um, when Light Up Night reached its 50th anniversary, and that was in uh, 2010, mm-hmm. uh, the Pittsburgh Downtown Partnership approached me and they said, hey, we'd like to have a Santa Claus at Market Square, you know, for this event because, you know, it's, it's our 50th celebration. We want to do it up really big. And back then, it was Santa's tent. It was just like a, a plastic <laughs> tent, and we had a photographer. And I think it was free at the time. Mm-hmm. Wow. And because it was a promotion. It was for yeah. the downtown partnership. We had a big line of kids coming in, and it was a lot of fun. Well, then, it was it went over so well that the next year, they planned on doing the whole Santa's village, you know, the holiday village. And someone had the, – the members of the PDP had gone – to Chicago, where they do a big market similar to that in Chicago, and they took notes and they they got things going there, and then they got donations, and next thing you know, they're building Santa's house and they're building the holiday market, and I was so honored to be like a part of that on yeah. the ground floor. I, I I love that place. That's right, yeah, because I mean, you really are like the the Bane Santa of <laughs> Pittsburgh, <laughs> you know, and it's um. I mean, I had the pleasure to take my newborn son. You know, you were his first Santa. Wow. You know, and, and that that's special. I'm honored to be his first Santa. You know, and, and um, so when we talk about what Christmas means to you, now you see, how many kids do you think you'll see? Oh, there's thousands. I mean, there's thousands every season. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I've I've gone through tens of thousands of kids. I think since I've started this thing. And yeah, hopefully uh, I can go about another twenty years. Right, and, right, and see thousands more. I <laughs> take my kids to Robinson Mall. All right, and we see their Santa, who's uh-huh. very genuine mm-hmm. looking. Not as genuine as you. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> um, when I see him and I hear him talking, he's so good at talking about how you know. Were you good this year? I remember you. Look how big you've gotten. And when I see him just standing there, like in the background, I, I hi Santa. Yeah. Like I want, I like want to wave at him. Yeah, and oh, like yeah. say, thank, thank you, Santa. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it feel for each each child? All those thousands of children. Each one is special because that mm-hmm. is their yeah. interaction with Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Is each interaction special to you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, Andy. I mean. Uh, you know, I have so many great memories as a kid growing up and seeing Santa and seeing downtown. And I want to create those same kind of memories for kids today. You know, whether it's your kids or John's kids here, when they come in, I want to make the visit just a little bit special and, and fuss them over, you know, over them a little bit more. And I, I just give them that, that feeling of like, oh, man, Santa likes me. You know, this is going to be great. You know, I'm going to do good on Christmas. Well, the thing that's crazy is we wait a while to see Santa, uh-huh. and you know, when you're waiting in line, you're maybe you get a little impatient, but you also understand that everybody's getting a special visit with mm-hmm. Santa. Yeah, and once you get that visit, it makes it all worthwhile, and you understand why he takes five minutes. It's not mm-hmm. like you know. I remember going to see a Santa with a fake beard, growing up, and just kind of like, "What do you want? Thank you very much." Next kid, right, you know, right. almost yeah. like a yeah. Christmas story kind of kind of feeling. But I feel like you know, talking to you and seeing the Santa that we have at the Robinson Mall, that you guys genuinely cherish the time that you have with these children. Oh, absolutely! Uh, for a long time there, there was a period of time when they hired a Santa Claus. It was just a guy putting on a red suit and you know the fake beard and. 
Oh, he was basically there. It was a prop to take photos with. And, um, he, you know, he, he he didn't have much training. There wasn't much going on there. You know, he, ho, mm-hmm. ho, ho. What do you want, little boy? Mm-hmm. You ever you see the movie Christmas Story? Right, like, right, ho, yeah. ho, ho. And what yeah. do you want, little boy? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, throw him down a slide. Mm-hmm. It, it's changed over the years. Like, Sanders are getting better at it. You, you feel it in your heart. And you want to do your best to make, you know, the best impression on these kids and make good memories for them, too. It's more than just a job. It's like a calling. It's almost like being a minister or a priest or something like that. It's a higher calling. Oh, yeah. Well, just real quick, they have a Santa convention in Florida every year. Do you attend that? Are you one of the Santas that do that? No. Uh, okay. I, I still work for a living. And <laughs> I, I, I take all my vacation time to play Santa. Okay. You know, from the middle of November till, till Christmas Eve, you know, whatever vacation time, personal days, sick days, comp days, whatever I have built up, yeah. it all goes to, to playing Santa. For but me. do you know about that? Oh, yeah. There's a great Santa school up in Midland, Michigan. There's there's Santa conventions. There's Santa gatherings. And they're all fantastic. And, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I'd love to go to some of them. But my main priority is, is to be Santa for as many kids as I can. Right, yeah. I mean, that's the um, – is there any kind of special – Memories you have about um, you know, something that really, you know, touched you? Oh, well, you know, my favorite Santa. I mean, we would go to, you know, Kaufman's, Gimbel's, Horns. My mom would take me to all these places. And they had fantastic Santas there. Now, uh, uh, Santa in uh, Kaufman's, they had their own clown. They also had a clown uh, that uh, his name was, uh, well, his name was Harry the Clown. And he would warm up the kids in line. You know, because there would be so many kids in line that you needed a clown to do magic mm-hmm. tricks, to do puppet shows, whatever he had to do be, before they saw Santa Claus. But my mom wasn't, like, real patient for waiting in line a lot of times. And, and there were so many Santas downtown. I mean, every department store had Santa. Every 5 and 10 had Santa Claus. Well, she would take me to Murphy's 5 and 10 on Fifth Avenue. They had a big G.C. Murphy store. And I would get to see that Santa there. Now, the very first time I ever went to see Santa and to go sit on his lap, you know, I'm all, you know, I'm all excited. I'm psyched up. We're going to see Santa. I must have been about, you know, three or four years old. And I'm walking up to the guy in Murphy's, and he's ringing a bell, and he says, ho, 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 little boy, what do you want for Christmas? Mm-hmm. And I freaked out. <laughs> I mean, oh, the tears started coming down. I started mm-hmm. crying. And my mom's saying, like, well, what's the matter? That's Santa Claus. Don't you want to see Santa Claus? And I just kind of went, ah, you know, and <laughs> I'm pressure. crying. And, yeah. all right, come on, let's get out of here. And I cried, like, all the way through Murphy's. I cried all the way down the street. I cried all, <laughs> right. on a street car all the way home. And my mom's saying, quit crying now. People are going to think I'm beating you. you, know? <laughs> right. just, right. you quit cry. But yeah. mommy, he scared me. <laughs> mommy, I was just so scared. Right. So, so by the next year, I was all ready for it. You know, I was mm-hmm. more into it. And it was the Murphy Santa Claus, and he wasn't fancy at all. I mean, he didn't have the fancy sets that the department stores had. I think he just had a painted backdrop, mm-hmm. and he had sort of a couch that he sat on it. It wasn't glamorous at all, but he was a great Santa Claus. And they had the coolest things there. That, well, it, it was called it was a box, and it was called a gift from Santa. And your mom had to pay about fifty cents, like extra, to get this box. It was the size of a cereal box. And it had a little handle on the top that flipped hmm. up. And so you could carry it like a suitcase. And it was a white box, and it was painted with red stripes. And on the side, there was a like a little cartoon of a train, and it said, A Gift from Santa. And there was all kind of cool things in that box. And a lot of kids, when they got their picture with Santa, they would have the box there, too. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was such a cool thing. And kids were so excited about this 
prize box they got from Santa Claus. Now, most moms, if they were like my mom, she wouldn't let me open it up until we got home because you, you're going to lose your stuff. there. <laughs> so all through downtown, I'm carrying this thing around like a suitcase, you know, this little gift from Santa box. And you see other kids, and they have one too, you know. So you would hold up yours, and they would hold up theirs, and like, all right, you're, you're part of the club. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the club. And you know, finally, when we when I when we got home, and I got to open my box and look and see what it what was in it, there would be like some hardtack candy. There would be some bubble gum. Like if you were a boy, well, they asked if you were a boy or a girl. If you were mm-hmm. a boy, you might get, get some toy soldiers, you know, plastic toy soldiers. If you were a girl, you might have gotten like little dishes or a little doll set. Uh, there also might have been like like a little coloring book or a little activity book that mm-hmm. you could draw and paint. It was just like the coolest thing in the world. Right, right. I love those those toys. I love the prizes. And I, I thought the Santa Claus at G.C. Murphy's was really good. I, I just wow. thought he was patient and kind and mm-hmm. – he was he was definitely inspirational. He wasn't fancy at all. Right, right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you don't yeah. have to be fancy or anything to emulate the true meaning of what Christmas means to you. Uh-huh. Um, and I have a story to share uh, about what Christmas. The first time I realized the meaning of Christmas, mm-hmm. the true meaning of Christmas. All right. it had nothing to do with Santa Claus. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no offense, oh. no offense. Nothing to do with any kind of religion, nothing to do with any kind of snow or anything. In fact, it happened on the hard, cold pavement of Los Angeles, and I was about 20 years old, and um, I was completely dependent upon my parents for money, okay? Um, and, you know, I was going to UCLA, I, you know, I was just living yeah. You were a and a, yeah, yeah, one of these, you, were, you, you know, were hippie. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. We call those hippie. hippies. <laughs> 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 right? Um, I, was, I haven't gone far from the, uh, yeah, I'm not far. You still look that. like a hippie, John. That's, that's right. I am one. I'm, pr- I'm a proud hippie. Uh, so anyways, the um, I had, I was waiting for my dad to, you know, Western Union me money over. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I literally had, I mean, I had no bank, you know, I had a bank account, but there was nothing in it. No credit cards. No job. Nothing. No job. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to school and just living there. And I had $20, a $120 bill to my name. And that was it. And this was maybe the week before I was going to go fly back to Pittsburgh for Christmas break, you know, mm-hmm. and, and come back and visit the family and everything. And uh, I'm just walking down the street. I'm going to get something to eat, you know. And this uh, homeless man is on the street and he's coming up to me. And he's asking me, he's like, please, you know, I know it's, you know, around Christmas time. But it's like, but if you could afford anything to you know, give me, you know, anything, you know, I'd be more than gracious, you know. And I said, you know what, man? Here, take it, you know. And I gave him my last $20. And, man, wow. this guy, $20, you know, to just yeah. a random homeless person. It's and like, like $200 today. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this, I mean, he wept. This man, wow. he thought I was literally like an angel, an angel sent, you know, like a purpose. Yeah. Like I, like I purposely found him mm-hmm. and brightened his day and realized right then and there yeah. the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah. You might have changed his whole life. That's, that's really what it was all about. It was yeah. about the act of giving and not expecting at all anything in return. And, and just to see someone else happy for a couple minutes. Really, that's what Christmas yeah. means to me, at least. You know, um, it's kind of my interpretation of that kind of event, you know. <laughs> and, well, that's uh, the thing about, you know, giving is if you give to a homeless person, you don't you, you don't judge what they're going to do with the money. Mm-hmm. You just give because that's the right thing to do. Right. You know? And that's the argument that some people have. But. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, and especially around the holidays, you know, you see someone out there struggling. Oh, yeah. 
you know, not now is, is better than any other time, you know. I mean, but like you should do it all year round, but yeah, especially around the holidays. Something about the holidays, it just touches your heart, it does. you know, it makes it you does. more open to doing things like that, you know. That. And, and I tell you tr- truly, you know, the experience of even going to visit your house and, and, and learning about Christmas from your experience and sharing our together Christmas experience, and soon, <laughs> you know, the veil of you being a man, yeah, and you turning into Santa Claus, uh huh became very apparent in my mind. And I tell everybody, I was like, there was a brief moment where I'm talking to you and I might as well just been really talking to the true Santa Claus. And, and I, I hope that's a compliment. Yeah, I, I take it as one, John. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and really, yeah. um, you know, these shared experiences of, of making other people happy and not asking for anything in return, you're making a child's memory mm-hmm. for the rest of their life. Yeah. They will always remember you. Yeah. As Santa Claus, yep. you know, and, and, and this kind of like little thing that you added to all these thousands, literally tens of thousands of Pittsburgh children. Mm-hmm. And it's five minutes. Yeah. It's five minutes yeah. or less. Sometimes less, but, yeah. But it's also maybe repeated every other year or every year. Right. But it's still just a five minute experience that mm-hmm. is embedded in their brain mm-hmm. for sure. the rest of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, John, you were telling the story about the, the Jewish man who went around to orphanages giving out toys. Well, think about the impact he made on the kids, on the orphans. Right. They grew up, and then they learned to be generous That's to right. people. And then those kids grew up and be, and it goes, you know, generation after generation. It does. And, uh, it does. I always tell people Pittsburgh is a big Christmas town. You know, mm-hmm. We love Christmas around here. And that could have been the beginning of it. You know, that could have been the start, the early generosity and the, the early things I got to see and experience, and then things you got to see and experience. And, and now your kids are ex- experiencing. That's right. That's right. Yeah, multi-generational, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe someday one of your kids will play Santa Claus. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> when John told me that we were going to be talking to Santa Claus, mm-hmm. I've been excited for about a month <laughs> oh. to record this. And we've recorded with Mayor Peduto. We've recorded with Greg Brown, the uh, voice, voice of the, of the Pirates, Pirates, Yeah, Larry Richard, all these, you know, Pittsburgh big, celebrities. Big stars. But I think that I've been most excited <laughs> and anticipating <laughs> Santa Claus. I actually texted my fiance and sent her a picture of you while you weren't looking, and she wants you to know that Uh she's been good this year. Oh. (laughs) And what's her name? Jessica. Jessica. Oh. Jessica, you're on my nice list, sweetie. Don't (laughs) worry about a thing now. She's definitely on the nice list. (laughs) And Andy, you're on my nice list, too. You and John both are are wonderful guys, and you're keeping the the spirit of Christmas going here. You're keeping the traditions going, and that, that gets a lot of points on my nice list. Good. I mean, it's just amazing how, you know, you don't need to be – I mean, Santa Claus is real. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Yes. And we're talking to Santa Claus right Mm -hmm. now. Yes. He may not be the official man that lives up in the North Pole. But you embody – but everything that Santa Claus oh. is for real. Like, we're not, you know, yeah. I can't but, explain this enough to listeners. But, but you, you know, you guys are Santa Claus, too. You know, Santa Claus doesn't have to wear a red suit and have a long white beard. You guys do good things. You know, you guys mm-hmm. are doing things for children. You guys are making memories, too. Everybody out there, all the listeners out there, you know, we all have a bit of Santa Claus in us. Well, I think that you just kind of embody and symbolize all that is good with you know, the holiday season and the Christmas season. Well, yeah. thank Being you. Being Santa. I agree. Well, thank you so much. So is there any message that you would like to uh, leave our little boy and little girl listeners that might be tuning into our show today for Christmas? Boys and girls, make sure you go to bed early on Christmas Eve because I bring the presents when you're asleep. And when you wake up the next morning, 
you're going to see all kind of nice things under your tree. You're going to have a wonderful Christmas this year. <laughs> well, boys and girls, that's it. Fort Pitt. <laughs>